What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the College Underdogs Podcast. I am your host, Trey Smith. We are on episode 78, presented by the Believe Network. And uh, we've got a lot to get to today. Championship weekend is upon us, and we're going to dive into that from a G5 perspective. Two, really two of those games are key games. With I'll give a third as kind of a you know honorable mention. So we're going to look at that, kind of see how this final stretch, man, we're at the final sprint of the race to the New Year's Six. Who's going to cross the finish line in first place and represent the G5 in the New Year's Six? Tulane has history on the line. SMU would be their first time in a game of this magnitude since the 80s. And then Liberty, of course, would be their first time in school history. Those are the three. I'm not completely leaving Toledo out, but I just cannot put together a scenario where Toledo were to get in. But we're going to talk about that today. Um, But before we do, okay, I'm going to take a couple of minutes here, maybe a little bit longer, to share with you something that's important to me. Um, Look, I know this ain't what everybody's here for, and you're welcome to skip through this, but uh, I'm going to put a graphic here up on the screen that you can see that popped up on my Facebook this morning. Uh, You could see there on November 30th, 2021, so exactly two years ago today, this channel got its 100th subscriber. Uh, I'll pull the graphic down here. But two years ago today, this channel got its 100th subscriber. And now it's sitting at 4,000. And, you know, I'm crazy enough to believe this channel can reach 100,000 subscribers as I continue to develop and get better, as the content continues to develop and get better, and as we continue to reach more people uh, that are really in this niche that, that I've found really this over the course of this year with the, the underdog, you know, the college underdogs and looking at how the national landscape is moving and shaking. I mean, there could be more of a demand for this type of content, you know, as there continues to be a separation between the haves and the have nots, if you will. I don't, I don't mean to say that to downplay, but just the, you know, I, I use the term underdogs from, from a level of, of, of resources, exposure, all those things, whatever. But here's, here's all I want to say, okay? 100 subscribers. Prior to that, some of you know the story. I was doing a lot of content within the Sports Illustrated Fan Nation Network while also doing this show. The guy in that graphic that you just saw is a guy named Brandon. Those of you that have been here from day one, remember him and I had a show called the Blue Bloods Podcast on this channel. In fact, the very first video ever posted on this channel that probably has like 12 views right now. And our, our lighting, my camera, all of it just was bad. Uh, that was me and him in our first ever show. Maybe even not have been our first show. It was our first ever video show though that we did. And, um, uh, 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 point I'm saying is, is, is I was doing a lot of stuff with the sports illustrated fan nation network. And, you know, on this channel, I just got stuck at like, I'd get stuck at like 10 subscribers, then 39 subscribers. And I just kept putting out content, kept putting out content. And you're, you're putting hours into something feeling like it's not getting any kind of a result. And then finally, I remember, uh, it was the day after Thanksgiving and I made, uh, I took one of our clips I learned a lot with fan nation. I'd been studying a lot on the YouTube and how things work. I repackaged the thumbnail of that particular video, put a different title on it, put it in a couple of Facebook groups and man, it just popped. 
And it was the first video that organically hit like over a thousand views, all kinds of comments coming in. And then shortly after that, all of a sudden we eclipsed the hundred subscribers mark. And, um, you know, it's been a grind since then, right? I'm at 4,000 now. Like I said, I want to get to a hundred thousand and, um, you know, I'm crazy enough to believe that can happen. But the point in me saying all that is this has not been an overnight process for me. You know, some people get on here and they get hundred, they get a hundred thousand in two months, right? I'm two years into it. Um, just scratching and clawing my way to 4,000 subscribers, but like I'm built that way. Like I'm totally fine with that. And the reason why I've taken this much time to talk about this on this show is because I want whoever you are watching this video or listening to this episode right now to just know whatever you're working on right now, as small as it may seem, I don't care how old you are. I don't care how young you are. If, if there's something that God has put in your heart to do and to build, I just want to encourage you to put your entire effort and energy into it. Even when it seems like it's not producing any results at all, continue to fearlessly put in the work, relentlessly put in the work. And I promise you over time, you will start to see growth in whatever that thing is. I'm in the middle of the journey still right now, but I thought this was a great reminder of where this channel was just two years ago. And I know a lot of you just came in this summer and that's what's crazy. This is the last thing I'll say. I mean, it's like everything turned a corner this summer for me. All right, I hit a thousand subscribers pretty closely after hitting that hundred subscriber mark and got monetized and all that. And then I hit another brick wall. And then over this summer, Something about this cycle of realignment, man, like people started gravitating towards this channel. And then in July, got the credential with the American Conference. I went to the media days, worked the event, and I, I got this vision to start this particular show. And since this show launched in August, man, it has just been on fire. And I'm so appreciative of every listener, every viewer. Um, and what y'all don't know is in mid-July, I had an opportunity to, I mean, could have been a life-changing, potentially, but an opportunity that would, would have really changed the game for me from a content creator perspective in the sports world. It was with a much larger network. It was a full-time type position. Um, I was seriously considering it. And the, the, the final deal breaker, they, they didn't officially offer it to me, but it was like trending that way. I'd made it through like, multiple auditions. Um, I was on a 90 minute zoom and then I was invited into the studios to meet everyone. Now, again, that doesn't guarantee that, Oh, they were going to select me, but the kicker for me was I would have to shut this channel down for conflict of interest. And I remember I woke up the next morning after that, maybe it was two days after that, that zoom interview when they were inviting me in to come to the studio. Cause I had the interview on Wednesday and they wanted me to come in on that Friday. And I just was like, I'm not ready to give this thing up. That same day when I removed myself from consideration, I got the alert from the American Athletic Conference that my, my platform's credential had been approved. I forgot about that. And then it's like, here we are. So I'm sorry I took you know some time to, to share that. But if you, if you follow me on TikTok or if you follow 
the shorts that I post, you know, I, I will, I will put a touch of inspiration in this thing, um, here and there, uh, as, 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 as it, as the opportunities present themselves organically, but all that to say, thank you for your support. I'm so appreciative of it. If this is your first time ever even watching one of my videos, I'm sorry you had to hear all that. Uh, hopefully you'll subscribe. And then those of you that are already subscribers and regular listeners, please share this with somebody in your network. Get them to subscribe. Let's just continue to get the word out about the College Underdogs podcast and YouTube show. Now, I'll shut up on all that. I know that's I've overstayed my welcome with some of you. Um, but let's get into this. So, <sighs> First, I got to say, news is breaking. It looks like Kurt Signetti, the head coach at JMU, will be taking the job at Indiana. So that leaves uh, an opening for them uh, at JMU, which that's going to be a, a, great, a great spot on JMU Sports News. They've got Mike Shanahan, not the Mike Shanahan you probably thought of, but their offensive coordinator's name is Mike Shanahan. And then Bryant Haynes, the defensive quarter coordinator, as, as potential likely internal replacements. And then the uh, big hires they have are Bob Chesney at Holy Cross, or I'm, I'm, I'm not even going to butcher his name, his last name, but it's, it's Rutgers defensive coordinator. So I'll keep an eye on that. Um, as that starts to, to, to shake up to see who might be leaving for that JMU job. I don't know. I don't know that they would get a current sitting head coach at the G five level, uh, maybe FCS, uh, but, or they may go get a coordinator, uh, from a power five or maybe a coordinator from the G five, you know, we'll see, or they'll stay internal, but moving on. The reason why you click this video to watch it is because the New Year's Six race, the finish line is approaching, as I said at the top of the show. And we've got championship weekend upon us. Game starting tomorrow evening. One of the key games at the G5 level is happening tomorrow. And that's what I want to talk about right now. And that's Liberty in New Mexico State. So we've got Liberty, New Mexico State tomorrow evening. We've got uh, uh, SMU Tulane Saturday afternoon. And then, of course, uh, Toledo in Miami of Ohio, I think Saturday morning. I still don't think that Toledo-Miami game is as key of a game um, as these other two. Um, uh, but I'll throw it in there because Toledo is, you know, technically in the mix. I, I guess where I'm not sure of is, is the committee, would the committee put them over SMU if that's what it came down to? And I don't know that they would. You know, unfortunately with the CFP rankings, we don't get a list of, you know, others receiving votes or whatever, like we do with other polls. But let's talk about it. Of course, the other two are the Sunbelt game. You got App State at Troy. And then, of course, um, the Mountain West Championship with UNLV and Boise State. I've uh, been talking about that for a while now. Can Boise State win that conference with five losses? They, they may very well do so. That's actually going to be, I think, a really good game, Boise State-UNLV. How much will UNLV be impacted by coach Barry Odom uh, being linked to this Houston job. And just to follow up on that, it sounds like Houston is down to Jeff trailer, Willie Fritz and Barry Odom, unless that's a smokescreen for some other candidate that hasn't surfaced yet. But let's start with Liberty, New Mexico state. Liberty 12 and O new year six bid on the line. Got a scrappy New Mexico State team. I think they're a 10-win team as well. Uh, um, 
Or are they a nine-win team? Let me look. Because I just had it pulled up, and it says they're a 10-win team. But I don't actually don't think that's correct. Uh, or maybe it is. Because it has the, How are they... How are they 10 and... One, two... Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Yeah. How are they ten and three? Maybe there's something I just missed there. Someone let me know how New Mexico State has played 13 games, 13 regular season games. Yeah, I had to double check that. I mean, I guess they had the week zero matchup, whatever. Here's what this game is kind of starting to remind me of. I'm going to have to take you back to 2011. This was before the American Athletic Conference even existed. We had a Conference USA matchup of a undefeated BCS bidding Houston Cougars team versus a 12-2 scrappy Larry Fedora-led Southern Miss team. Some of you will remember this. Houston wins the game. They're playing in a BCS game. This was with Kevin Sumlin was the head coach. Cliff Kingsbury was uh, the offensive coordinator. This was actually just before they both went to A&M. And the Southern Miss Golden Eagles pulled off the upset. Now, this Southern Miss team had a couple losses, but they were also a 10-win team, similar to this New Mexico State team. This Southern Miss team had a big Power 5 win earlier in the season i think they beat a virginia team that ended up going eight and five or nine and four similar to uh, new mexico state having the big uh, win over auburn so the only difference is is that southern miss and houston did not play each other in in the regular season of 2011 whereas in this game um Liberty and New Mexico State have played each other, and Liberty won by a couple of possessions, but to me, that can almost give an advantage. You could make an argument that that gives an advantage to New Mexico State, um, simply because the old adage is, especially in coaching, is it's hard to beat a team twice in the same season. Now, that doesn't, I'm not saying that gives them the edge that they're going to win, but something to keep an eye on, but it just has that feeling. But if Chadwell and Caden Salter are clicking like they've been clicking all season, Liberty will probably take care of business. And on a Liberty note, I do want to say I received this comment from at DP Ricardo 8622. Uh, thanking for another season on the podcast. Said he wanted to bring something to my attention to share with listeners. I thought this was a cool tidbit. Uh, uh, one of the most amazing stories of the football season this year, the Liberty Flames, their undefeated season. They lost 53 players this past year, leaving them with only three starters on offense and three starters on defense. On top of that, they have a completely new coaching staff. I think we all did know that part. I didn't know they had that much roster turnover. Obviously knew they had a new coaching staff who was trying to keep their freshmen from going elsewhere and grabbing whoever they could from the transfer portal, put together a team for this year. They lost their likely two starting wide receivers to season-ending injuries during summer camp. Did not know that either. So they lost their top two receivers over the summer, and Coach Chadwell and his staff and this young football team have done is nothing short of amazing. Look, I agree with that. Uh, getting a comment like that on my video and the kind words that it led with about the show makes me want to, you know, 
cheer for Liberty. But I got I to gotta stay to my roots, man. The AAC, all right, the American Conference. Uh, I really would love to see the AAC get seven in a row. Now, if Liberty happens to be the team that gets the bid because of how the dominoes fall, I will be all in on supporting them and whoever they draw in the New Year's Six game. But whether or not they get it will be strongly contingent on this next game I'm going to discuss, which is SMU and Tulane. I already told you earlier this week that this game is going to come down to the trenches. Both of these teams are built very similar to each other. They play really, really well up front, both on their offensive lines and their defensive fronts. Which offensive line, which defensive front, which team is going to set the tone in the trenches? That's who's going to win this game. Now, SMU is playing without their starting quarterback. Obviously, that's not a good thing, but where that can be advantageous is there's not a lot of film on their backup. So what Tulane's watching film on all week is a very small sample size of this guy. So does Lashley tailor a game plan around to his skill set that looks different than what they've been doing all season that catches Tulane's defense off guard? That's what we're going to see. So Tulane, on the other hand, they got a chance at history. Okay, back-to-back New Year's Six slash BCS Bowl wins. And that's what we need to look at here, okay? With the way the dominoes fall, who gets in? Well, and this is the last part of this show. If Tulane wins, they're in. I've been saying that. Tulane is in full control of their own destiny. But... I think I've changed my tune and my tone a little bit based off Tuesday night's CFP rankings. We didn't really talk about it because I, I don't remember what I talked about. I, I just hadn't talked about it, but Tulane did not jump very much in the rankings. I thought they would at least get into the top 20, somewhere between 16 and 19. They didn't. They're down there right next to Liberty. I don't know that I can say now that SMU, gets the New Year's Six bid just off winning the game. This committee is showing the Liberty Flames a lot of love. And they're only two spots behind Tulane. So if Liberty wins and Tulane loses, I believe Liberty gets the New Year's Six bid. There is one caveat I'll talk about in just a second to that. Then if Tulane loses and Liberty loses, I think SMU gets in. As I said earlier, I don't know that Toledo winning would jump SMU. Well, I say jump. I don't believe right now the committee would have Toledo ahead of SMU. So I think for SMU to get in, Tulane needs to lose. Well, they need to beat Tulane and Liberty needs to lose. For Liberty to get in, SMU needs to beat Tulane and they need to beat New Mexico State. And then for Tulane to get in, they just need to win. So let me know your thoughts on that. How do you think the dominoes need to fall for each team to get in? Are, are you in agreement or disagreement with what I just said? And then finally, the last thing, what could influence the committee in the event SMU and Liberty both win? Well, I, I think maybe the potential matchup. And if you look at the different uh, uh, outlets right now, most have the G5 bid being in the Peach Bowl. Uh, one of them has it, the Fiesta Bowl. So Yahoo has the Fiesta Bowl versus Washington. The Athletic has the Peach Bowl versus Penn State. 24-7 Sports has the Peach Bowl versus Texas. 
And the Bleacher Report has the Peach Bowl versus Alabama. Guys, it's a committee of humans. There is subjectivity. And as much as we don't want to admit it or as much as we don't like it, dollars and cents are always going to be a part of this game. If that 24-7 sports matchup is accurate and it is a Peach Bowl matchup with Texas, I do think we could see SMU jump Liberty if they were to upset Tulane. If they were to, yeah, beat Tulane. And then if they're going to put that matchup together, you have to play it in the Cotton Bowl. But we'll see. Let me know your predictions and projections. Um, And uh, it's go time tomorrow. We've been talking about it all season. We're at the final last leg of this race to the New Year's Six. Let's see who gets it. Whoever it is, I'm going to root for. Uh, But I'd love to see the AAC get their seventh year in a row with that New Year's Six bid, even in a down year for the conference top to bottom. That's it for today's episode of the College Underdogs Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for so much letting me get that out uh, there at the beginning. And uh, I'll see you all next week.